0: Thanks for joining us today. If you have any questions, please email us at info at capitalchristian.com. If you would like to support this ministry financially, visit us at capitalchristian.com and click the Give button in the top right corner. Now, this morning, um, in the last uh, two hours, I want to talk to you about an important message. No. Um, But I've been given a few minutes here to talk to you about uh, this important message, which I believe is from God. And it is... Perseverance against contrary winds is the name of the message. And basically, when I was coming up with this, we aren't to the scripture yet, guys, so you can take that down. Um, when, when I was coming up with this message, it, it, the Lord reminded me that uh, perseverance has kind of been a lifetime message of mine. It seems like wherever I'm preaching on, sometimes perseverance comes out in the middle of that message. I think my wife would agree with that. And so, basically, perseverance definition, it is the continued effort to do or achieve something despite difficulties, failure, or opposition. Difficulties, failure, or opposition. How many of you have ever had difficulties, failure, or opposition in your life? Okay, I think that probably every hand should go up in here, all right? And so, this is something that we deal with. So... In preparation, uh, I'm going to have you kind of flip in your Bibles now to Matthew 14. And I kind of want to give you a setting and a background here. Um, We're looking at a section where Jesus just finished feeding the 5,000 near the shores of what they call the Sea of Galilee. Now, how many of you have been to Israel? Okay, quite a few of you have been to Israel. So, you know, on the shores of Galilee, it's what we would actually call a large lake. And in the New Testament, sometimes it's called the Sea of Gennesaret. And then the Romans would call it the Sea of Tiberias because there's a city right there that's on the shores of Galilee called Tiberius, an amazing city, really. And the Romans would kind of go there uh, to vacation, or it was kind of a resort area, if you will, for that part of the world. It's 13 miles long, it's 8 miles wide, and it's only 200 feet deep. But I'll tell you what, it's kind of like uh, where I grew up in Reno, there's a lake called Pyramid Lake. And when the winds come up, all of a sudden it becomes one of the most dangerous lakes that you've ever been on. And so that's the way Galilee is. The winds come up and many people have lost their lives because suddenly there's a gust of wind, a storm starts and it just takes them out. Um, And so, and this, the point that we're going to see in the story is happening late at night. So please turn to Matthew 14, And I'm going to read through this. Immediately, Jesus made his disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side. Please say the words other side. other side. While he sent the multitudes away. And when he sent the multitudes away, he went up on the mountains by himself to pray. Now, when evening came, he was there alone. This is something Jesus would do often. You know, he was the son of God. He wanted to have time to commune with the father. We all need to have time to get away to be with God. Can I hear a little amen for that? So now we pick it up in verse 24 and I call verse 24 through 33. The wind test the wind test and you'll see why verse 24. But the boat was now in the middle of the sea. Tossed by the waves, for the wind was contrary. Please repeat those words with me. The wind was contrary. Okay, so that's the first thing we see about the wind. Verse 25. Now in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went to them walking on the sea. Now the fourth watch of the night is between 3 a.m. and 6 a.m. So I don't know why the disciples were so late. We aren't given that information. All we know is that and we have to remember, 2,000 years ago, it's not like you had these big uh, neon lights or, or effervescent lights coming from the various communities. It was, it was basically, there's no halogens happening, you know, uh, there's candle lights someplace, but it's dark out there. It's very, very dark, and I don't know why they got out there so late. We don't know what happened to get them on the lake on the sea so late at night. But you guys, you've been there. Just just think about being on that lake in the middle of the night without Tiberius just shining bright like it was. It would be super dark. And so basically, here they are in the middle of the night. Verse 26. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It is a ghost. And they cried out for fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, Be of good cheer. It is I, uh, do not be afraid. Now, it's kind of interesting. I like the way the Amplified puts it. The Amplified Bible, um, let me turn to that. The Amplified Bible says it uh, this way. Uh, where is it in my notes? The Amplified Bible. Uh, I don't know where it is. The Am- well, anyway, I can remember. The Amplified Bible Uh, Jesus basically says, uh, take courage, period, I am. Do not be afraid. Take courage, I am, do not be afraid. Jesus is reminding them that he is the king of kings and the Lord of lords. He is the great I am that came down to Moses on Mount Sinai who said, I am that I am. That's who I am. And so and so, Jesus is basically saying that in this passage in uh, chapter 14. Be of good cheer, it is I, do not be afraid. Verse 28, and Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it is you, notice this, if it is you. <laughs> Have you ever been in those situations in your life where there's a situation happening and all of a sudden maybe there's God in the situation, but you kind of want to know for sure. Lord, if it's really you, if it's really you, then make sh- then you can tell me that you really want me to go to Pakistan. If it's really you, God, you can tell me, whatever that situation is in your life. Lord, if it's really you, Peter says, command me to come to you on the water. So he said come. And when Peter had come down out of the boat he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw that the wind was boisterous. Okay, here we go. Please say this. The wind was boisterous. It was angry, it was turbulent, it was it was it was rising up and rushing all around. The wind was boisterous when he saw that the wind was boisterous, he was afraid and began and beginning to sink. He cried out, saying, "Lord, save me!" But when uh, and immediately Jesus stretched out his hand and caught him and said to him, "O oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt?" And when he got into the boat, the wind ceased. That's the last part of it. The wind ceased. Then those who were in the boat came and worshipped him, saying, "Truly, you are." The son of God. <laughs> Can you even imagine being having that experience in your arsenal of experiences? Yeah. And so, truly you are the son of God. Truly you are the son of God. I mean, they just witnessed the most amazing miracle of all times. Jesus walked on the water, you know. Just put your paradigm in that, okay? You know, you have to kind of get out of yourself to put yourself in the paradigm of Scripture sometimes. You know, can you ever think about being Elijah and eating the meat and the bread that ravens brought you? Can you ever get your mind and wrap your mind in that kind of paradigm? Can you put yourself in the paradigm of the disciples where they walked and every single day they saw a miracle, They they saw the the leper healed. They saw the blind healed. They saw people that were miraculously risen up from the dead. Can you put yourself in the paradigm of the mind of the disciples? That's what we're called to do. We're called to walk in a way of faith. And so here they are on the waters. And they see this amazing thing happen. Now, what is the contrary wind that happens at night? Well, I think symbolically, it represents some things in our lives. It represents those forces in life that hinder direction or progress of the individual Christian or of a Christian church, if you will, from obtaining its destiny. Either an individual from obtaining their destiny or even a church itself from obtaining what God has called them to To go to the other side. Now, the wind can be one of two things. It can actually be a test from God to test our character, to test our strength, our fabric, our stability, to test who we are, what we know, our faith, all kinds of things. Or, everybody say, or, (laughs) or unfortunately, it can be a, a strategy of the enemy, hostile forces to get us misdirected and off track. In Ephesians 4.14, it talks about the winds of deceitful doctrine, faulty doctrine, leading people astray. And so the devil can actually be a force that comes along and tries to dissuade people, tries to misdirect them from the destiny that God has called them to. Now, it gets very complicated. Because... If we were to turn all the lights off in here and close all the doors, turn off the screen so that there was no light in here and you didn't have your cell phones, it, you'd be blind. It'd be dark. It'd be hard to see. Imagine the middle of a stormy sea where you can't even see anything and, and, and it's going up and down and you're really late and, and you aren't even quite sure of the direction maybe and and, and all of a sudden... There's this ghost type of appearance on the water, you know. It it could be really crazy. It could be scary. Um, There are moments in our lives that can come in various forms of crisis. They can be financial problems, job loss, uh, misdirection, confusion about what course of life to take at a particular moment in time. Um, Even relational problems. Anything in your life can be a test. God can use anything in your life to test you. And it will test the strength, stability, or the fabric of who you are. There's an old expression that compares veneer to oak. And veneer, if you've ever looked at it, it's a thin layer. But underneath it, there's a different type of wood. If you peel off the veneer, you get to a different type of wood. But if you peel the bark off of an oak tree, you know what you find? Oak. That's right. You know, God will test your metal. He will test who you are because He wants you to be completely oak. He wants to get down deep inside so that you know that you know that you know that you are His. Keeping your eyes on Jesus. Verse 27, what did Jesus say? He said, be of good cheer, it is I, do not be afraid. And in verse 29, he said, come. So we see really three kind of commands there. Take courage, number one. Number two, don't be afraid. Please say that, don't be afraid. And number three, come. Now I want to talk to you about Peter in what I call the Peter circumstance for a moment. We're talking about a disciple here. We are not talking about a new convert to Christ. We are not talking about somebody who hasn't been around the block. We're talking about Peter, okay? In your life, many of you have been serving the Lord for many years. You're disciples. You believe in the miraculous nature of God. That's who this is talking about. Peter was not a new convert. Perseverance. Every Christian, every disciple needs perseverance. A disciple in the midst of a difficult, even scary situation peers into the dark storm of the night, and in that storm of those circumstances of our life where we aren't quite sure what's going on, something rises up in us, and and we, we realize God is greater than this storm. I serve a God that's greater than this darkness. And and, and so suddenly we start to rise up inside of ourselves and we've just heard the words that says, be of good cheer, it is I, do not be afraid. And so suddenly we're we're hopeful. Hope is starting to rise up inside of our hearts. And and so we think, well, I want to be with you, Lord. (laughs) We don't really realize what we're asking. I want to be with you, Lord. And so Peter says, Lord, if it's really you, command me to come to you because you can do anything. And so Jesus says, come. And then and there's this idea of stepping out of the boat. Now, you know, we give Peter a bad time at times, but he's the one who stepped out of the boat. None of the other 11 disciples stepped out of the boat. And I just want you to imagine in your life, you're, you're in this boat. You're going on this journey trying to get to the other side, wherever it is God has told you to go, and suddenly you're being asked to step out of the boat. In the boat, it's sturdy. Man, you at least have something under your your feet. But you step out of the boat, and all of a sudden you're in holy land. (laughs) You're in divine time. You know, it's all of a sudden, wow, wait, can I even do this? and so, so Peter is there and we got to cut the guy a break I mean all of a sudden he takes his eyes off of Jesus and he, and he sees the boisterous waves and everything else in the wind and he starts to sink but you know what even in the midst of that Jesus reaches out his hand and he saves him in the midst of that God will never leave you he will never forsake you no matter how weird it gets no matter how hard it gets he loves you he will be there with you in the midst of the storm. And, and then, amazingly enough, they get back in the boat after Jesus chides him a little bit, oh, you have a little faith. And, and you know, why did you fear? They get back in the boat, and, and then suddenly all of the disciples come, and they fall down, and they worship Jesus Christ, the King of kings, the Lord of lords. You know, folks, Can I challenge you to something? Don't be afraid to step out of the boat. Don't be afraid to step out of the boat. You know, God has miracles for you outside the boat. You know, it might be something that's calling you out of your comfort zone. It might be something that is calling you out of what you have known. Don't be afraid to step out of the boat If indeed you discern that it is God and he is saying to you, come. Don't be afraid to step out of the boat. Do you hear me? Whatever that situation is in your life, don't be afraid to step out of the boat. Because the real miracles happen when you're willing to take that step of faith. The real miracles. Now, Perseverance doesn't mean that we won't go through tests and trials of our faith. It doesn't mean that we won't have feelings of insecurity, inadequacy, lack of self-esteem, faith problems. But it does mean that we will push on in God, knowing that he is larger than any event, even when it is dark and stormy in our soul. Kind Kind of strange, the word persevere is made up of two words, per, which means through, Severe difficulties, going through severe difficulties. That's what it's made up of. And there's a quality of perseverance. I've got two scriptures here for you. Christians are supposed to have perseverance. Romans 5 3 through 5 says, We also glory in tribulations, knowing that tribulations produce perseverance, and perseverance, character, and character, hope. Now hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. And also 1 Peter 1, 5 through 7, but for this very reason, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue. Please say virtue. And to virtue knowledge, to knowledge self-control and to self-control perseverance, to perseverance godliness, to godliness brotherly kindness and to brotherly kindness love. And so these Perseverance is something that God wants to have in the lives of his children to persevere. Now, there are both short-term and long-term times to persevere. And the best way I can explain this is a personal illustration. Many years ago, when I was a young man, this probably happened in 1978, I was up in northeastern Washington, and I was fighting fires. I was on the, in the Forest Service. I was fighting fires. I was, I was sawing down trees. I was in the brush disposal team. Where's Joe Newell? Is he in here today? Where's he at? Where's he at? Oh, yeah, it's clear back there. Joe Newell and I were in the Forest Service fighting fires. And we were also tasked with sawing down diseased trees and falling them in forest and then eventually burning them up and doing controlled burns so that forest fires wouldn't take him out and ravage the whole area. Well, one time up at a place called Ruby Creek, there was 23 acres of slash piles that were between seven to 10 feet tall. And just imagine, I mean these were logs that were just falling all over one another. And I was tasked with the idea of lighting this on fire along with one or two other people. And the way that that worked is you had to walk along the top of these logs and you had a drip torch behind you that had kerosene in it and, and, and diesel fuel mixed and a little drop of fire would come out and it would drop. And um, now my boots were not very good. I didn't have a lot of money. <laughs> and I didn't have the kind of courts that you could like had the little nice uh, metal clips hanging out of the bottom of them where you could walk along the top of the logs. And so, as I was walking along, I remember counting, and uh, as soon as that drip of fire would hit, it was so dry that I would count to seven, 1,001, 1,002, 1,003. By the time I got to seven, it was exploding in fire where I had had just been. And as I'm walking along, because my boots weren't very good, I slipped and I fell into a pit. And I remember falling in this fire, from this drips is falling around me, and I remember. Now you might think this is crazy, but this is what happened in my brain. I went one thousand one, and and I and I got up to my feet, and, and there's no time to kneel down and pray here. You say you say a quick prayer to Jesus. That's it. One thousand one. I stood up. One thousand two. I looked up above me and there was a log, the one I'd fall off, and I jumped up and I grabbed the log with both of my hands. Somehow I managed to hold on to the stupid uh, fuel. And, and and I thought 1,003. And then I pushed myself up on the top of the log, 1,004. And I got up and I ran down the log. And when it got to seven, that thing was boosh into fire. Now, I use that as an illustration because sometimes I think in in our lives, it's like we're counting, man. We are in the midst of it, and it is 1,001, you know. And, and, you know, there's short-term things that we go through that we need perseverance for. God will give you strength. He will give you anointed strength in your moment of time if you will look out into the darkness, and you will say there is a God in heaven that is greater than these situations that I'm going through. He will give you strength Amen. for whatever that is in your life. You know, whether it's, whether it's raising children or, uh, you know, paying off a mortgage or, or, you know, in the midst of financial crisis or whatever it is. Or whether it's trying to be a good person at work and show a positive Christian testimony to those around you. He will give you strength in the midst of relational conflict or whatever it is to do His will in that moment of time so that you will overcome. And He will give you strength in the midst of all of it. Now, Charles Spurgeon, the great preacher, said, By perseverance, the snail reached the ark. You know? You might just feel like you're a snail in this world, but if you just keep trucking on and heading towards that ark, you're eventually gonna get on that boat that's gonna rise up above the whole water. Helen Keller said, we can do anything we want as long as we stick to it long enough. And she overcame a lot. In conclusion, perhaps you have begun on an adventure in which God had called you to do something and you are already facing difficulties, already. There's a passage in Zechariah 4.10, which says, for who has despised the day of small beginnings? Now, I could spend an hour on this. I I actually looked it up in 11 different versions of the Bible. It always says some kind of question like this. I couldn't find anywhere where it says, you know, uh, don't despise the day of small beginnings. I don't know where that came from, because it's not in this passage. but, But basically, the concept is that no matter what it is that God has started in your life, whether no matter how small it is, do not be one who doubts that. Do not be one who, who says, that's nothing in my life. God wants you to realize whatever he's doing in your life is significant. This is a story about the governor Zerubbabel that was sent back by King Cyrus from Persia to go back and to build the second temple. And so this is right at the beginning of the laying of the foundation stones of the temple. And eventually, Zerubbabel was able to put on the last stone. We are the temples of the living God. Whatever God is doing in your life, small beginnings, don't despise it. And then finally, Galatians 6, 9. And let us not grow weary while doing good, for in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. How many of you are in a situation in your life where you feel like you need perseverance right now? You need perseverance right now. If that's you, stand up. I want to pray for you. You just need perseverance. Whatever it is that you're in, whatever that thing is you're going through, you need perseverance. Lift your hands up to the Lord. I think he wants to pour out upon you right now. In the name of Jesus, Father. Lord, you see all of these souls before you, all of these children, all of these that you love. You know the individual circumstances, the situations. You know where they're at, whether they're in the boat, whether they're standing on the water. You know whether it's nighttime or, or daylight or whatever it is, or whether they can even see, Father. God, in the name of Jesus, I pray that you give them light, that you give them hope, that you will bring the light of Jesus Christ into the situation, and Lord, that you'll give them strength. Father, look into their minds, look into their hearts, and give them what they need, Father God. Lord, you are our God of strength. It's from you, O oh God, that we receive strength. Oh. Put your hand on your heart, please, and repeat this word after me. Lord, you are my strength, you are my light. You are my light in the dark, stormy night. And you are my miracle. Now, God, I pray for each one of these that you will give them deep, 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 deep layers of trust in you. And that no matter what the stormy night is that they might be facing, that they indeed will come to the other side that they indeed will come to that place that you have called them to with you by their side. And I ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Capital Christian. We hope you will stay connected by following us online. To find out more information, visit us at capitalchristian.com.